Happy holidays! Happy holidays! Happy holidays! Now may the merry bells keep ringing. May your every wish come true. Okay, so this is our holiday mini-sode. We're not telling a story necessarily this time. Talking about holidays, and sometimes they're hard. And so if they're hard for you, this is an episode for you. If you're sick of hanging out with your family, or you've been a little lonely Mm -hmm. over the holiday. And you want to feel seen. If you're going for your cousin's walk down the block to smoke weed (laughs) before dinner, you can listen to this very brief conversation that we had. I actually don't smoke weed with my cousins. Well, I don't smoke weed anyways, actually. <laughs> but maybe we should think about it. Yeah. Hi, I'm Maggie. I'm Sarah. And this is Mad, Mad Woman, Woman in the, in the attic. attic. Ho, 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 ho. Let's, Let's go, go, girls. Was Here's a, a poll. Do you guys think that we should get an actual jingle or do you like... <laughs> Us singing. <laughs> do you like us singing? We we originally planned to do a jingle, but now I kind of think it's funny. Yeah. No, I do. I do too. Honestly. <laughs> well, and I've had people say it was. I think it was Julie who was like, "I get so excited, I sing it with you." Yeah. Guys. I mean, <laughs> a couple people have said that to me, and I'm like, maybe we'll just keep it forever, yeah. <laughs> and then we can swap it out for like the last episode you did, meow 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 meow. Yeah. You know, and it's you know. Yeah, I like it. I'll do a horse girl episode at some point. I will do nay, nay, nay. Sure, that too. <laughs> Sorry, I was going for realism. No, I'll go. I'll say nay, 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 nay. And then instead of let's go girls, you'll go. Now watch me whip. No, watch me nay, nay. <laughs> okay. Why do single people always get forgotten from holiday accommodations? And what can we do about it? I think... <laughs> now that we're right smack between the holidays. Yeah. It's the time. It is. Two things combined. One, money. Yeah. Two, not seeing single people as whole persons on their own. And I think what then happens, as an example, I talked with my parents about this and it clicked for them because yeah. we were going on a family vacation and they asked if I would be okay staying in a room with my preteen sister. Mm-hmm. My other sister's married. Her husband was coming along and then it was my parents. And I had to explain to my sister, the youngest sister, I was like, I need you to know that what I'm about to say is not about you. Yeah. Because I know we would have a good time if we shared a room together. But I think what I ended up talking to my parents about was like, if I never am partnered, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen if Riley gets partnered? Am I going to get a couch? Yeah. The rolling cot. I am I just now kind of the built-in kid sitter? Yeah. And then we ended up getting to this place and there was like a bathtub in the middle of the room. And I thought later, I was like, I wouldn't have been able to use that comfortably yeah. if I had been sharing a room with Riley. Yeah. Luckily, we were in a situation where like financially it was feasible for me to have my own room. And I really, really appreciate that my parents took that very seriously. Yeah. And like with this last family vacation, I didn't even have to ask. Yeah. It was just part of the plan. But I think that people don't always, they always want to find a way to save money, which is fair. Using the single person, making their experience less relaxing, less fun, less comfortable in order to cut corners for everybody. When often, many times, especially if it's like friends, the single person is taking on a higher cost. I was about to say, especially if you're splitting the cost. Yes. Because the single person is having to pay 
just as much on one income. Yes. So yeah, if you're going to put me on a couch, I'm going for free. <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Does it make any sense for you to put me on a couch? Especially at our age, when you're a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It doesn't matter to be put on a couch or a cot mm-hmm. or a rollaway bed or whatever. Right. When you're in your 30s, sleeping on a couch for a week on vacation can be really unpleasant. Yes. And it's like, I can't sleep on it. I I can't sleep on a couch. My back hurts. I I don't want to sleep on a couch. Yeah. This was my first Thanksgiving. It was my first like major holiday season Mm -hmm. since I got a divorce. And Thanksgiving was some of my more positive memories of my Mm -hmm. marriage were over the holidays because we would often just do it just the two of us and we had built traditions that we did over the years and I think this year I was supposed to go spend the holiday with my parents and then I couldn't find a place to work my dog and I just Mm -hmm. at the last minute was like "Uh, I guess I can't go yeah and then I just didn't have plans Mm -hmm. and it was very hard it was like a very Mm -hmm. difficult week I was very down Mm -hmm. it was partly this year was very hard but Mm -hmm. it's also like a is this just what it's going to feel like if I never, you know, remarry or I don't have a partner in the future? Like yeah. I'm just kind of deprioritized. Mm-hmm. And I will say our friends invited me yeah. to the family Thanksgivings. I went to one of them and they included me and it was so kind of them. Right. And I had a really lovely time at their like family dinner. But it was all of the in-between times when you're usually sitting around with family and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. That I was just kind of alone. Yeah. And honestly, crying most of it. Yeah. And it was not that the holidays have never been difficult for me, but there are a lot of people that are going through things that make the the holidays a very difficult time. A lot of people. Yeah. I think that's probably most people, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And whether it's like that your family dynamic is difficult or you don't have people to spend the holiday with, I think it was just a reminder to me to include those people. Yeah. Even if it's just to be like... Hey, we're Mm -hmm. watching sports. Do you want to come over and sit with us? Or like, hey, we're just having coffee. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come hang out? Because it was those things that were the hardest. Mm -hmm. And it just felt very lonely. It made me really sad about my future. (laughs) For the single thing in particular, it's really awkward. Like it was awkward asking my parents, I don't want to stay in a room with my preteen sister. It feels uncomfortable. I'm glad I did it. Shout out to Shani Silver. She talks about that kind of stuff and it was really encouraging. But a lot of people aren't in that place yet who are single. Yeah. Especially if you're new to single, it could be harder. And so if you're not that person, when you're thinking of these plans, especially in friend groups, it can be a big issue because those tend to be the ones that are most interested in cutting costs. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't think of the people involved as money or as half a person. That Mm -hmm. person, that your single friend, deserves to have just as much of a good experience as everybody else. And so consider that. Yeah. Get a cheaper Airbnb with the same amount of space if it means your single friend can have the same level of experience as the rest of you. Yeah, I had this conversation with my mom recently. The whole time that I was married, we often did our holidays, just the two of us, and then we would Mm -hmm. travel to see our parents other times that were less expensive and less Mm -hmm. crowded. And that was just kind of a routine we got into where it's like, this is really our only extended time off of work and we're spending every single year traveling. Yeah. Long travel days, like a full travel Mm -hmm. day to get to our families. 
and paying a ton of money for like our dogs and whatever. So we kind of like set a boundary with holidays early on Mm -hmm. and always just did them together at our house. Mm -hmm. And I noticed very quickly when we started making holiday plans since I got a divorce that my family was making the assumption that I would go to them. My whole family, they all live in the same metro area. I'm the only one that lives far away Mm -hmm. and I live alone. And like my sister is married and having a baby this year and her extended family in-laws are Mm -hmm. close to her. So like there's all of these people that all live close and Mm -hmm. then there's me. And I started noticing that they were assuming that what I had always done up until that point was going to change and that I would just always be coming to them. And I was like, you know, part of it is money. Like you were saying, it's like I shouldn't always have to be the one to buy a plane ticket, board my Mm -hmm. dog, or drive two full days to and from their house. Time costs, too. I shouldn't always have to be the one that has to do that for the Mm -hmm. holidays just because I'm alone or just because I don't live near you. Mm -hmm. And... They were very receptive, but then they were like, we'll help you pay for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but it's also an energy thing. Mm -hmm. I want to feel like my family is Mm -hmm. meeting me halfway. Like they see my home as a place Mm -hmm. where they can spend their holiday. They Mm -hmm. see my pets as valuable for me to be with. They see my life here as Mm -hmm. something that's important and special enough to not have to give up every holiday season to fit into their plans. Mm -hmm. And I felt like... That conversation went, went pretty well with my parents, which is why I was planning to spend Thanksgiving with them they're, and they're coming here for Christmas and then my Thanksgiving plans fell through. But yeah. it can be really awkward to have those conversations because I feel like a lot of times, especially your parents, they want all their kids together and yeah. they want it to be at their house. I completely get why parents mm-hmm. like those things, but I'm getting to a stage of life where I want Christmas at my house, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I want it under my tree. Like, yeah. I don't want to have to put my dog with a border every Christmas. I just think it's like an ongoing conversation. I think it's coming from a good place. Like when I was in a relationship, people pitied me less if we spent the holidays together. I would say it's special. It's just the two of us. And people would be like, oh, that is special. That sounds really nice. Mm -hmm. Or if I say, oh, it's just me. Yeah. I felt like everyone felt really bad for me (laughs) the week of Thanksgiving. And I was like, well, it was a little depressing. Yeah. (laughs) Like you guys were not wrong. (laughs) It was depressing, but it's like, uh, you know, people are much quicker to pity you for being Mm -hmm. alone. And it's like a lot of weird mixed mixed feelings. Yeah, which that alone could be a whole conversation is the pity people have for single folks. Eating alone, living alone, traveling alone. Yeah. But we will save that for a different episode. Also, include your older neighbors who live alone. I have a neighbor, Lloyd, who's an angel. Mm -hmm. I love him so much. And he walks by my house most days. He walks around the neighborhood and I'm on his route and he always says hi to me. And I ran into him when I was leaving for Thanksgiving dinner. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what are you doing for the holiday? And he said, oh, nothing. I I don't have any family left. You know, and I... (sighs) It wasn't my dinner to invite him to. Yeah. But, you know, you always have, like, interactions with older single people in your neighborhoods, and a lot of them, their families have died, or their spouses have died, or their kids Mm -hmm. live far away, and they don't have people who think of them. A lot of times we assume when we see older people that their kids are inviting them over, that they Mm -hmm. have friends, and a lot of times they don't. And I don't think it gets any less sad when you're old. Yeah. So just remember to invite those people. In fact, I think it probably gets a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah, because those people are... Like yeah. my family's FaceTiming me, you know? Yeah. And their families are yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. Anyways. Well, I think the 60 plus single people are the most forgotten. Yes. 
Yeah. Because I feel like we normalize, oh, a lot of people have gotten divorced or their spouse has passed. Mm-hmm. And so or we're they're used like, to it by now. You oh, know? you're old. What do you need a partner for? I remember when my grandpa died and my grandma was on her own. She would sometimes talk about it. She was like, I just still have so much energy and mm-hmm. I still feel like I... <laughs> not to be super morbid, but she would sometimes be like, I wish I would just die because I feel like I'm going to live so long and yeah. I'm just completely alone. And all my, mm-hmm. like most of my siblings have died. Now my mm-hmm. husband has died. I don't have anyone in my life to spend my day to day life with. Yeah. And it's so lonely. Yeah. And you have less mobility, you have less yeah. agency. And she really, really struggled with that alone mm-hmm. time, which I think has gotten better. A little bit as she's gotten older and had less energy, but yeah, it was really hard. Yeah, I know a lot of people, especially men, <laughs> use that potential future as a reason to be like, if all these women are going to be so lonely and sad, old cat ladies, yeah, because they're not having, not getting married and not having kids, and it's like, okay, solitude, total solitude and isolation, unless you're full on hermit on purpose because you like it, yeah, it is sad. And I think what will make that better for the many people, increasing number of people who are going to remain single throughout their entire lives and the people who experience loss is to have a village mindset. Yes. Like it's community. Yes. More than putting more than investing everything yeah. in one partner or mm-hmm. just your kids. Yeah. A lot of people count on having grandkids yeah. in their house. I think building a community, my plans fell through last minute for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And you were traveling and a lot of my close friends were not really going to be available. Mm-hmm. And both of the Thanksgivings I was invited to, I didn't even say. Yeah. They both reached out to me and said, hey, are, are you not going home anymore? You mm-hmm. should come to our house. Yeah. And while the whole the week as a whole was very difficult, that made it a lot easier yeah. to have to feel like there was people where it wasn't like I was having to ask. They really cared but they really cared whether I was okay so thanks (laughs) thank you Dan and EJ and Janelle and Mason that really meant a lot to me (laughs) look every time you cry I just automatically (laughs) I'm not crying (laughs) not a single tear has dropped from my eyeballs I think our we've started leaning so heavily towards an individualistic culture, which in many ways is good. Like we've talked about the ability to have this kind of life on our own, especially as women is really awesome. Yeah. But I saw this just like someone on Instagram posted. We always say you're not obligated to anybody, but you are, you're obligated to everybody around you and not in the, I'm obligated to, you know, abandon all my boundaries and stop taking care of myself for the sake of others. Obviously not. But to, in general, create better spaces to take care of our people, to show up for our friends. Yeah. Maybe obligation isn't the right word for everybody, but I feel that I have an obligation to show up for my friends. And that doesn't seem like a bad thing to me. Yeah. We've really started leaning to the point where you can always say no you can always cancel on someone you can all and like those things in many ways are true and you should be able to have people in your life who like understand when you need to cancel yeah I just sent a text to one of our friends and canceled something we were supposed to do but 
there's a level when it's like you are now no longer thinking of how your actions are affecting other people. Yeah. If someone's canceling on me all the time. Right. That's different. I am going to feel hurt. And so sure, maybe they're not obligated to show up every single time we plan something. Yeah. True. But it will have consequences. I think we're all going to start, if we keep leaning in that direction too heavily, we're all going to face the consequences of the isolation that that will cause. I also think I have had a lot of people who are married and not part of our friend group here. Mm -hmm. I've had several instances, for example, I had a biopsy today and Maggie drove me there. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something where it was like a surgery or it was crazy. I just am nervous. Mm -hmm. It was something where like when I was married... It wouldn't have been a second thought. My husband would have driven me to this appointment because it was nerve wracking because I might not feel good afterwards. And I think when you're in those family relationships, that's the expectation. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times with friendships, for some reason, we don't put that same expectation. It's the expectation is like a thinking of you text. Mm -hmm. I feel like we have a friend group that's very involved with each other. I even yesterday were like, I might have a conflict. And I was like, I feel like I have several friends where I'm comfortable putting them out in the yeah. same way I would with my family to be like, hey, I need someone to take me to this. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry if you're busy. Someone needs to cancel what they're doing yeah. and take me to this doctor's appointment. Yeah. And I think like there are friendship levels where I feel like that's really healthy and good to have those relationships. And I've had mm-hmm. several people kind of externally be yeah. like, wow, you must have such nice friends that you do that stuff for each other. And it's like, we don't have the built-in person to do it. Yeah, Those are our built-in people. It's okay yeah. to expect that from the people around you. And yeah. I think when you have really deep, beautiful friendships, like the number of times when I was married where I would be like, you need to call off work to do yeah. this for me. Yeah. <laughs> like- the friends who step up. Yes. When I had surgery, yeah. you drove me to the hospital, stayed the whole time, waited until my parents picked me up. You and a group of people pulled weeds in my yard while I was gone. <laughs> you helped me clean up my house. My other yeah. friend helped me break down all these cardboard boxes that had been yeah. piling up before so I wouldn't have to do it after. Yeah. And I didn't ask, I think, for any of those yeah. things, even a ride to the hospital, even though I absolutely, I think maybe I was like, I need it. And you're like, okay, I'm there. Yeah. Before I even I think I was like, I was already planning to, to take yes. it. And yeah. the, those friends that step up in that way in moments like those are on such a different, not that other friends aren't important. Like I mentioned in another episode, there are tiers of friends and it's important to have multiple circles of these types of friends, but there is a level of intimacy and community and a deep sense of, I could call any of these people at any time and they would be like, absolutely. I'm here. And not have to feel awkward. Like I think that's the difference between like the, traditional nuclear family and these Mm -hmm. chosen family scenarios is that I feel like with friendships, it's this expectation that it feels awkward to ask someone to inconvenience themselves in any way to help you. And it's like, Mm -hmm. when you love the people in your life, it's not really an inconvenience. It's like, of course, I want to do that for you. When I had COVID and Dan's walking my dog around the neighborhood, and you were helping me with all this stuff. And it was like, of course, people, I, I didn't let you, but even like, yeah, I was just supposed to stick to. <laughs> I was tired the one day. Yeah. And he was like, do you need me to come over and just clean your house and like do a couple chores? And mm-hmm. I was like, it's the little things like even we did grocery shopping with mm-hmm. you because you couldn't lift. Yeah. Things. And it was like, well, who else is going to like, right. you can't do it yourself. Yeah. Who else is going to do it? Mm-hmm. It's like how you feel with your, your spouse or your kids or your parents mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I'm going to. Mm -hmm. And it can be scary to ask, I think, especially when you haven't yet asked a friend if they're new 
or if you've because had there friendships have that have made you feel bad have, for asking. I, I remember asking someone for help one time, which is hard for me, as you know, asking someone for help. And it's someone I really, really thought would be there. Yeah. And it would be like, absolutely come over, whatever. And they were like, no. Yeah. And I was stunned. And then honestly. it makes it hard. To and it makes it so much harder, out, even yeah. without, I'm never reaching out to that person yes. again, for sure. There's a different level of no. There's like no's where it's like, I'm not home. There's yeah. no's where it's like, I literally, there's a conflict and I can't be there for you. Yeah. Even though I want to be yeah. like, there's those things. And then there's no, I'm not obligated to help you with that. Yeah. And sure, that's true, but like, I'm just, I'm never asking those people again. Yeah. Because I know that the reason they said no wasn't because they couldn't, it was because they just didn't want to. We also, we have like two very core groups of friends. And in a very small way, I feel like one way that they consistently affirm that we have friends where it's like, hey, does anyone want to meet up here or get a drink here or whatever? Mm -hmm. If only one other person can make it. It's no big deal. Who cares? We have all had situations where me or where someone else in the group is like, hey, I can anybody really need my friends today. Yeah. I really need you guys to show up. Yeah. I'm having a bad day. I'm having a hard time. And it's like, rally Rally the troops. Yeah. And everyone shows up. Yeah. I think that's a really small way to Mm -hmm. like affirm when it matters. Yeah. I'm going to be there. Yeah. I am a person that you can call on when it matters. Mm -hmm. And whether it's like a little thing or a big thing, I think like that is very important to have in your life. Right. And I think it is harder as you get older. Like Mm -hmm. we've talked about that a lot recently where we have some friend groups that are evolving now. Mm -hmm. It's like people are having kids. People are getting married. People are Mm -hmm. moving away. They're getting different jobs. Their priorities are changing. And as like the single person who's like, I'm not really doing any of that. (laughs) Scary. (laughs) It's kind of like, well, what does that mean for me? Mm -hmm. And that can be really, really Mm -hmm. difficult to deal with yeah it kind of feels like everyone around you has this stuff that's happening for them and it's like right what are these things gonna look like five years from now what's it gonna look like 30 years from now and I think partially because culturally what we have with our friend groups feels like it's rare because in a way I do think it is it is in some ways and so it's scary to know that we do live in a time where in a country a like culture where it may be really difficult to find that again. Yeah. That's why I'm just like, I think if we all just kind of shifted our the mindset. Commune. Yeah. Commune time. We're always like, let's buy a property. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, then I think the whole kinless American things, I think it would be a much more pleasant place for everybody, not just single people, because I know so many people are in marriages and like, I've lost my community because I yeah. stuck with this person so much that I no longer have this other community. Like for everybody, it would be better if we were all a lot more intentional about caring for each other as a as a community this is nothing against my ex this was a me thing I feel like the loneliest and most isolated I have ever been in my entire Mm -hmm. life was when I was married it was because I had this mindset of like I have a default person Mm -hmm. I have a default person who's going to be there for me when I need someone Mm -hmm. when I come home at night and I just want to have a chill night I have someone who's going to be there it's still a relationship you're putting energy into. But Mm -hmm. it was like in my brain, I was like, well, I don't need to put a ton of energy into all these other relationships because I have this person Mm -hmm. who's going to be here until death do you part. Mm -hmm. LOL. But (laughs) I think before I was in that relationship Mm -hmm. and after I was in that relationship, I always had tons of friends. And I think it's because you don't have that mindset of, okay, I have this default 
person Mm -hmm. that is obligated to me. You know, and I think when you start looking at the variety of relationships you can have in your life Mm -hmm. from like platonic to familial, those are all valid and worthy relationships to pour energy into and to have obligations and to be able to need things from those people Why would you depend on one person for all of that when you can have a community that really bolsters you in every way? Mm -hmm. I'm mainly thinking just about how that's been so lovely with us is like we have this wide community that we rely on, but it has been so special to have someone who in many ways is a go-to Yeah, for like errands. Yes. You know, like stuff like that, that many people find within a partner. Yeah. And I've been so grateful for that. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the depth of our friendship is something that I think it's also even when you have those Mm -hmm. big communities, having one or two really, really intimate, close relationships Mm -hmm. where it's like, this is someone I can really rely on and talk to and need anything from. And I think that's also very important Mm -hmm. to have more than just not that I don't think any of our friends are surface level, but there is still like a difference in depth between our friendship Mm -hmm. and maybe some of our other friendships. Mm-hmm. I just had an imagery pop into my head because yeah. we went to adult night at the science museum and there's that one thing where you're on all of the needles. Yes. And if you were to have one needle mm-hmm. poke up. Ouch. Uh, let me see if I can describe this for the listeners. So you're laying on a flat bed. Yeah. The platform has all these holes on it and mm-hmm. it lowers the platform onto this bed of nails. raised nails. And it doesn't hurt because your weight is distributed. Yeah. But if it was to raise you on a spike, <laughs> right, dead, <laughs> it would go through yeah. you. When I think about putting all of the pressure of every, all of your needs and all of your wants mm-hmm. onto one person in one relationship, yeah. I think it often cracks under that pressure mm-hmm. where when you can distribute your needs among a community, I feel mm-hmm. like it's just like this harmonious feeling yeah. where it's like, Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. I feel so uplifted and supported and nobody is strained by it. Yeah. You know, and it feels much more reciprocal and lovely. Anyways, that was my imagery of the day. Are you cracking under pressure with me? No. Okay. (laughs) Just checking. (laughs) My back breaks. (laughs) Kristen Stewart style. (laughs) You know that scene where she's like pregnant and then her back breaks. (laughs) And every single time I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I don't like that part. <laughs> uh, I literally closed my eyes. Me and Maggie both watch Twilight. I watch it more than you. You, I, yeah, you do. I throw on Lord of the Rings. Twilight is like my fall asleep movie a lot mm-hmm. of the time. So I probably watch Twilight 30 to 50 times a year. Yeah, I do. Easily. Yeah. Lord of the Rings is mine. Right now I'm in a bit of a tough spot because only the first two are free on Amazon. I need to just buy the whole series. Yeah. Which those are my favorites. The first mm-hmm. two. The other ones... The pregnancy one, you know, right. I can do without. Yeah. Watching someone drink a fast food cup of blood doesn't like Not your make me fall asleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, we hope you have a lovely holiday. Yes, we will be back in the new year with our regularly scheduled programming of Weird, weekly. Wild, and Witchy Women on a weekly Wednesday. Wednesday. Webisode. <gasps> Webisodes. The Wednesday Webisodes of Weird, Wild, and Witchy Women on a weekly Wedgewole. <laughs> a weekly wedgewole. Yeah. But we wanted to give ourselves a week off. And yeah. so we just have a little mini so to whet your whistle. Whet your whistle. <laughs> whet so. your hussy. <laughs> I actually hated that the yeah. second that came out of my Deleting mouth. that part. <laughs> no, leave it in, but I oh. would like to apologize. <laughs> 
Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, dog, leave cares away. Ding dong, I can't do it. Ding dong. La 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 Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. Love ya. Love ya. Look what I just pulled out of Luna's mouth. It's a whole. Did she eat the whole thing? Oh. Well, here's the thing. This is the duck. So dehydrated. This is where the foot used to be. Everything in between is gone. You amputated him. You're not eating that foot. Sorry. La 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 la